Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Scoops with Danny Mac, and this is the Thursday edition of the program as we take you up until... 11 o'clock and then that'll be ribs and bk as always wide open for you the air comfort service text line i try to get to those immediately if i can during the uh, opening monologue if you will that is six five seven eight zero six five seven eight zero and our rhino shield mic drops as well do that anytime throughout the program the rhino shield mic drop so all right let's start with baseball And baseball has had, you know, their bumps in the road, clearly, to get to this point. But here we are. We are so close. And uh, just, what, eight days away from opening night in St. Louis at Bush Stadium, there has been the testing issues. How about the Blue Jays? Will they play in Canada or the United States? There have been a handful of opt-outs. And yet, the overall numbers have been extremely encouraging with the testing of baseball. It is hard, and I mean really hard, not to be encouraged with what we're seeing with baseball. It's moving forward. We're seeing the workouts. We're seeing the scrimmages, the inter-squad games all across Major League Baseball. It is a positive. There's no other way to look at it. And I'm sure some of you thought there's no way we'd be at this point I bet you thought, you know, they're not going to get there. Well, here we are. We're eight days away. And it seems like it's trending in the right direction to get to opening night. Jeff Passan of ESPN. I think a season's starting. And look, the, the closer that we get to a season starting, I think the closer we get to a season finishing. I, I feel like this is not something that they want to start and then stop in the middle. This is not something that you want to invest the time, the money, everything right. in, only to get the playoffs taken away. So my confidence at the beginning of training camps was, you know, 50% we're going to get to a season. I'm about at 100 at this point. It's just going to take something, you know, a a massive outbreak with a team that totally screws everything up. And so far, teams have been doing a pretty good job of following protocols. Now, that's a guy that is talking to everybody in baseball, Jeff Passan. And when you hear him say that, that is awfully encouraging. Players listening to the health and safety protocols, doing what they're supposed to be doing numbers are down and saying he believes 100 percent close to it we're gonna have opening day you get to opening day then you get to that first week with teams traveling you take a hard look at the numbers there and you know baseball wants to get to the postseason that's when there's more money in the postseason with the playoffs and the world series and for those that saw it the other night, Cardinals.com, the numbers were close to 100,000 for streaming in an inter-squad game. It's, you know, the interest level's there. People want to see it. People want to see baseball. I had so many people reach out to me and say, man, that was just great. It was two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it was, a diversion. We appreciated it. And the Cardinals wanted to do it for their fans. And we're going to do it again tonight. 6.55, we'll come on the air or so. Uh, KK Kim, the lefty. Boy, what a few months it's been for him away from his family in a different country, signed with the Cardinals, and has been quarantined in the Jupiter for a while, then in St. Louis. How tough has that been on him? Man, incredibly tough. Couldn't travel, couldn't get out of the country, and then uh, stayed here because he wanted to stay here. 
Well, he's got a chance to be in the rotation for the Cardinals. He'll go against Adam Wainwright, and uh, you can see that game at 655 at cardinals.com. Danny Mack from the 314, would this be the perfect year to try an electronic strike zone? It's a great question because you do want social distancing if you could get it. The strike zone isn't perfect yet, and that's the problem. That's one of the problems. And I think just trying to get in there and do it and set it up properly, they don't have enough time to get it exactly right, and that's an issue. Um, And also, uh, when you talk about uh, the replays and things of that nature, you're not going to have that this year. So kind of going back to the old-school way of doing things, but it is a very, very good question. So again, cardinals.com tonight, 655. And uh, so you may have Kim in the the rotation. You know Wainwright will definitely be in that rotation. Brian Walton of the Cardinal Nation, a guest of mine yesterday. What does that rotation look like when he says, is it Carlos Martinez? Is it Kim? Is it Gomber? Is it Ponce de Leon? Who's in that rotation? I can only go by what I hear from the manager. Mike Schilt has been very, very clear on multiple occasions that Carlos Martinez spent the time and the effort in the offseason and in the break doing everything that they asked him to do to be ready and that he in Mike Schultz's view Carlos Martinez deserves the opportunity to start you know we saw him in his uh well we heard about him in his last outing uh you know was very very dominating pitched very well and so I believe that even though there's all this concern about the bullpen rightfully so you know Carlos Martinez hasn't done anything to lose his opportunity to start which is something that he's very you know, I said that he very much wants to do. Cody Whitley, Johan Oviedo, also impressive. Do you think the club feels comfortable starting their clocks even in a 60-game a season? Uh, that's a great question. Don't know. It's going to come down to the, you know, the back of the bullpen and how comfortable they are about the options. I mean, the good thing that we've seen is that some of the guys who are back, uh, you know, like a, like a Webb, uh, for example, uh, have looked very, very good. And so, you know, it's not as if the bullpen is completely decimated. And the, the question on their part will be, you know, will Oviedo and Whitley? Because Whitley has AAA experience already and pitched in the Arizona Fall League. Oviedo is not. Oviedo's never pitched above Double A. So, you know, they could be different decisions on those cases. But, you know, you would think that at some point in the season we're going to see the guys, even if they're not there day one. Now, neither one of those guys are on the 40-man roster. But even though Jordan Hicks was in the 60-man pool for this team for this season, He'll be able to be moved off, and they'll be able to move another player into the 60-man pool. And they have two; uh, they potentially have two 40-man roster spots, which they could use on Oviedo and Whitley. But also, they're going to keep a spot, I'm sure, for Dylan Carlson, if who if he doesn't make the team right away, will certainly be up uh, relatively soon. So you, you right now have Gallegos, Reyes, Cabrera not a part of the rotation or the uh, the bullpen. So if you got your five starters, for argument's sake here, Flaherty, Wainwright, Hudson, Michaelis, Kim. Again, Wainwright and Kim, you can see it on cardinals.com tonight, 655. You could have 17 pitchers, and those pitchers would be off the top of my head here. Miller, uh, Gant, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Helsley, Gomber, who was so good the other night. Carlos Martinez might be your closer, but he also might be in your rotation. Not sure yet. Uh, Junior Fernandez, uh, Jake Woodford, so he would make a major league debut this year. Tyler Webb, he was really good the other night. Whitley, as he mentioned, that would be a major league debut. Johan Oviedo, that would be a major league debut. So, again, depth with their pitching, and that's where it gets pretty much uh, a look at the Cardinals and their 
their depth in the organization, which would be a factor for their team, which again would have opening night in just eight days. And Dexter Fowler spoke with the media yesterday and talked about a 60-game season and how this could be fun. Got to go out guns blazing. When you're ready, you're ready. There's no, um, I guess there's no uh, break in it, break in time. It's uh, you know from the first pitch on. It's uh, you got a 60 game sprint. You know they they say base, baseball is a marathon, not this year. Well, it's not this year at all. And so, the the fun, you know, when you're a fan, 60 games, um, you really can dissect every single night and the importance of a win. A win is about 2.7 in a normal season. Okay, so you have a great 10 game stretch. And all of a sudden, you can separate yourself very, very quickly. Wins or losses in that 10-game stretch. And that's why I like the Cardinals early on. I love their depth and their pitching. Looking at some of the rosters on uh, some of the teams in the Central, I just don't think they have the pitching depth the Cardinals have. However, the Cardinals' offense, that is a question. And um, namely, you're giving some of these young guys a shot. Tyler O'Neill, maybe Elaine Thomas. Uh, what are you going to do at DH? And then ultimately, of course, you're going to have that Dylan Carlson question and what happens with him. You just don't know. And that's where this uh, text comes from, the 636. Carlson needs to play almost every day. If brought up, do you agree? Seems like it's obvious in my opinion. Well, if the Cardinals want to have him up, I don't think he would start the season. You could... Have him come up after six days, and then that's a year of service time. So you you start about the business side with that. Um, In a normal season, I've mentioned this before, I think with some guys, you give them 30, 45 days in a 162-game season, let them kind of settle in, see where they're at, get relaxed, don't look over their shoulder. If they have a bad stretch, you know, you you give them time to get out of it. But in a 60-game season, you, you don't get that. Um, Carlson could be part of that taxi squad, too. So a chance to have him travel, be around the club, that kind of thing. Um, It'll be fascinating to see how all teams with their top prospects, what they want to do, whether it's Dylan Carlson or not. There's a ton of teams that have top prospects that have never had a year, a day uh, or a year of big league service. So how they want to do it is going to be fascinating as we see how this plays out in the first couple of weeks of a short 60 game major league season i mentioned earlier jay delsing will be part of the show and uh, as we have this return to sports we have a return to golf of one of the biggest names and that is tiger woods that's the the risk that i'm I'm taking that's risk that all of us are are now taking i know there's the tour's done a fantastic job of setting up the the safety of and trying to ensure that all of us are are protected and are safe Uh, but it is a risk that, that we are now you know undertaking when you outside your property and, uh, and around individuals that uh, you, you don't know what where they've been or what they've been doing. So, uh, but the the screening, the, the testing we've done, the the, um, the protections that we've, we've tried to implement on the tour have shown that uh, we've had to make adjustments. But um, it's willing, it's a risk that I'm willing to take. Whether he plays great golf, bad golf, doesn't matter. Tiger Woods is back for this weekend. And uh, the pairing, he's with Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka. That doesn't get any better than that. Now, another part of golf that you enjoy, if you like the sport, is watching on the tee Bryson DeChambeau. This guy is ridiculous. It's like watching the uh, long drive contest. 
every time he's on the tee, except he's on the PGA Tour. He's had 11 events so far. He's made 10 cuts. He's in eight top tens, and he's had a win. It's unbelievable watching this guy hit the golf ball. It's come pretty quick compared to what I was thinking. I thought maybe, you know, if I work out this hard and I keep going, it's going to take maybe a year or two to get up to the speeds that I'm at. But surprisingly, you know, I've found some methods in the golf swing that have allowed me to hit it a little bit straighter than I thought I was going to be able to do. And consequently, I've just felt like the harder I swing, sometimes the straighter it goes. And that's been a tremendous benefit of being able to play it out here. Whenever I get a little uncomfortable, I just swing it harder. And, uh, you know, luckily the way my golf swing is, the forces lined up a lot better for me. Uh, but no, I didn't think it was going to come this quick. Rip it and rip it and then go on a diet in which he's gained about 35 pounds. He has uh, something like six protein shakes a day. Bacon, eggs, steak, chicken, potatoes. It's every man's dream, isn't it? That does sound pretty good. It sounds awesome. And six protein shakes a day. And then go out and hit it 370 off the tee straight and go win uh, PGA Tour events. Eh, why not? And then when I hit an Aaron shot, I hit it. You know, I, I just take a harder swing. No big deal. It's unbelievable. Does that work for you? If you're struggling, no. do you just swing it harder? Yeah, no. no it doesn't work it doesn't, for me either. No, it doesn't work for me. I dream about hitting one like, just like that one time. Tanner, one time. Mine, mine always goes right. I kind of like aim way far left. It's unbelievable. All right, Jay Delsing, he's got a golf show every weekend here on 101, and our golf expert played on the tour for a number of years, one of the best golfers to come out of St. Louis, and he'll be uh, my guest when we come back, and we'll talk about the return of Tiger, and if he, if well, maybe Jay's got like 12 protein shakes a day or something, whatever he does, but that's next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Return of Tiger this weekend to the PGA Tour. One of the best golfers to come out of St. Louis is Jay Delsing. And Jay has a show every weekend. Big guests every weekend here on 101 ESPN. And uh, Jay, happy Thursday. Happy return of Tiger. And uh, always good to hear your voice. How are things going? Hey, buddy. Uh, It's great to hear your voice. And I, I just hear the excitement. Uh, in your voice about baseball coming back. You've been carrying the water for this thing, and it's been all over the place, and I just couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think we're going to get there. I really do. And, you know, one of the first sports to return and has done it right, uh, golf. If you can get into a little bit uh, of how they have done their testing day in and day out on the PGA Tour and how they've traveled from event to event, how are they doing this and how are they doing it safely? Well, yeah, Danny, so the, the, I, I couldn't be proud of our commissioner, you know, Jay Monahan put together these protocols, and he's also been able to be flexible with us. So it started out that um, uh, in uh, Fort Worth at the Schwab Challenge, and everybody had to have a positive, everybody had to have a test that would come back negatively before they were allowed on property. And that's their caddies as well. So, Danny, there were somewhere around 1,200 tests that had to be administered with negative um, results for, you know, for, for TV compound guys, which you know better than anybody and, and uh, people working in the clubhouses and staff and everything. And then they set up protocol that if they knew they were going to have positive tests and here's what's going to happen. And um, the first week went off 
we had no positive tests. It was pretty remarkable. I think they had over 1,600 tests. Daily. They were tested at the end of the week again. And then there's a uh, uh, tour designated airplanes that these guys get on and they have to be tested um, uh, again, you know, when they get off the plane and they're not allowed on the property until the test comes back negatively. And then if you're, you know, if you're at home, you have to have this uh, test administered at home and um, you can, you can travel again uh, another test before you get on the property. And if your caddy test tests uh, come back negative, then you're out. And what they did is a bunch of contact tracing to, to figure out, you know, when we did get these positive tests, you know, Danny, it's, it's, and you said this a couple of times, but the players really have to buy in. You know, if these players are going to be irresponsible, this thing is going to go to hell in a handbasket fast. And with the PGA tour, I think what makes it unique, buddy, as you know, we're all a bunch of independent contractors. I mean, I'm not going to say these guys don't have big contracts, but back in our day, but you know that if we didn't play, we didn't get paid. Right. It was that. It was that simple. And so that mentality is really kind of what's uh, worked well here. And so I think, Danny, we have had. I worked the PGA Tour live last week for the Workday Charity Open, and we had no positive tests last week. And I've heard of no positive tests this week. Um, interesting thing. One of the things. Sorry, this is ramble here, but um, Graham McDowell's caddy um, and Brooks Kepka's caddy were attending a funeral. And they both, you know, were in contact with someone unbeknownst to them that had the virus. And when they got uh, tested a few weeks back, I think it was at Travelers up in, in Hartford, and they pulled out. They had to pull out, and then um, uh, Brooks Kevick had to pull out. So everybody has really stepped up to the plate uh, as far as the players and the caddies to, to, you know, do their share. So are they tested uh, daily, Jay, or, or how does that work? No, they're not. They're not tested. They they have not been tested daily. They're, there's, I think they're administered. They're administering three tests a week per player. Okay. And then it starts all over again. And the neat thing is, though, Danny, is that you know you're going to get positive tests. You know when you have a, a group like this, and the tour has been flexible. Now Cameron Champ, who's a great young player, two-time winner on tour, he wound up with a false positive test. And this was interesting because I got some internal emails from the PGA Tour that talked about, okay, we're going to the CDC and we're, we're pulling in all the best experts in the world to take a look at this kid's situation. Because, Danny, he tested positive, and then the, the, in order to come back out, you have to have two negative tests in a 24-hour period. And the very next day, he, came, he had two negative tests, and they tested him again, two negative tests the next day, and... He wound up missing a week when he didn't. They, they've, they've now ruled that he did not have the virus. So I think we're at this crazy part of our life, but where nobody really knows that much. In terms of uh, Tiger Woods coming back, what, what does this mean for the tour this weekend to have the biggest name in the sport coming back at a historic event and an event that is very important to him, but the ratings for the sport and just what it means to have him back? Oh, God. I mean, Danny, I, I can't even give it enough um, uh, superlatives for it. I mean, Tiger moves our needle. He carries uh, the banner for us. You know, when he is doing anything, the entire world watches. So our ratings are, are up. And the fact that it's at Jack's place, you know, we were going to have spectators this week, Danny, and, and that would have been a big deal. They were, we got the state of uh, spectators, and at the last minute, 
some of the tour players got a little got some cold feet and um and they they pulled the plug on it but it, it it's this is just a, a monster for our sport you know and i loved listening to tiger's ex- excerpts that you had on just a little while ago talking about you know we know this is a risk we feel like the tour has done a great job of protecting us and taking care of us and so now we can go out and play how do the players feel about uh, no spectators? Is it, is it have they gotten used to it? Is it uh, become accepted and just they they deal with it and just move on? Yeah, no, they really have. I think um, I think there's some players that would probably prefer to keep it this way. I think you know we're talking about Tiger Woods, Danny, and it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he does because. Yeah. I've never seen an athlete, but you and I talk about this all the time when we chat and text, but I've never seen an athlete that's been able to draw off bigger situations in front of more people, and it almost like takes them to another level. And, you know, we've seen him do this time and time again until, like, I felt like he has, man, drawn the energy from all the crowds and all of the, the situation. And so it's, it's really odd. Looking at a, such a cool place like Muirfield Village and looking out at the clubhouse and the, the 18th and 9th greens sit pretty close to each other and they're kind of amphitheater settings and there's nobody sitting on those hills. Yeah. It just seems so weird. Jay Delsing is my guest. I have a text from the 314. Danny Mac tell Jay his interview with Jim Nance was incredible. Um, I know that's up on your website. It's up on the 101 site as well. Uh, what, what you know, Jim Nance is the voice and face, if you will, of the broadcast on uh, CBS and the PGA Tour. Uh, he does so much with football, but I listen to it too. What did you take away from your visit with Jim Nance that has meant so much to the sport? Oh, my gosh. I, I, well, I get a similar – I know you don't do golf, but I get a similar feeling when I talk to you. You guys are professional announcers. And the fact – the thing that comes forth to me, even when I talk to you about baseball, we text all the time, how much you love and care about the game. And Jim Nance, I mean, he he takes these situations that he's put into, Danny, and, and just like you with some of the great calls that you guys have had, and you can tell that you guys – this is way more than a job. You guys love what you're doing, and it and it shows. And I think that's what the great ones do. I mean, uh, they they can they can take that and 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 sh- that shows in the way that they describe what's happening. And the great ones like you guys do that. And that's I walked off that interview and I was like, because I got a long interview with Jim. I've got another one coming up in a in a couple weeks with him. But listening to what he said and how he sees it. It's awesome. It's just like you, because when you spend this much time doing what you're doing, you know these games inside and out, whether you're calling basketball or because you're a, you're a sportsman and he is too. And you, it's, it's awesome. It just, it just made me, it just humbled the hell out of me. Well, quite honestly, I, well, I'll tell you what, what I have found is that when I'm watching golf, what I've really enjoyed on these broadcasts, and, and you know, I'm a huge golf fan. Number one, I, I have not felt like, if the guys are not on site, that it's taken away from their insight into the sport. That's number one. Now, they may not have the insight of, of being able to go watch the, the players uh, warm up or be in the locker room and get maybe a story or two, which is important on being on site. That's number one. But I don't think the casual fan would know that. I think in baseball or other sports, they would. But the other thing is, 
Um, the the way that the the networks have been covering it, um, it's just pure golf. You're seeing way more shots, way more putts, way more of even though there's not a lot of action in golf, if that's for lack of a better term, but you're seeing more of the golf, the actual golf, and that's how it's being covered, which I really do like that. I don't know if you agree, but that's what I've taken away being a kind of a you know casual golf fan. Oh, well, you're way more than that. I mean, you're way more knowledgeable, but um, it's humble of you to say that, but I, you're right, Danny. I mean, it's almost let everybody, it's almost like hit a reset button for everybody, including the networks. Yeah. Because now it's like, come on, man, let's just get to the golf. Exactly. Let's give people more golf. You know, some of these stories are fun and all that other stuff, but man, just let's just let's just let this the the, the game, you know, speak for itself. If the folks that are tuning in want to listen to uh, or watch golf, I mean, let's show golf. Let's show more players, and I think I think that's really a, a great opportunity. Um, you know, for for people to go, man, these guys are. Really good. I've never heard of this kid. You know, Colin Morikawa. Look what he did last week. I mean, was that the coolest playoff you've ever seen in your life? I mean, with it was with, incredible. You know, Morikawa hole or JT holding a fifty foot putt on the first extra hole, and then Morikawa topping him. You know, from thirty feet. I mean, man, just great theater. Now, I, I was talking about this before the break. I don't know if you heard me mention the diet of Bryson DeChambeau. It's every man's dream. To have yep. six to eight protein shakes, uh, pound about you know ten eggs, uh, have a slab of bacon, you know, mix in a ham sandwich, uh, you know, a couple double cheeseburgers, uh, <laughs> and just pound and it. That's you know, in the morning, Danny. Exactly. That's before <laughs> noon. I, I haven't gotten to the rest of it. And this guy is pounding. I mean, pounding the golf ball. It. it what? How has he done this, Jay? And I, I mean, he's always had the unique swing, the unique style. Um, you know, he studied the swing and the the different ways you can hit the golf ball, but now he's doing it. It's all come together. What's your takeaway as you talk to people on tour and as you teach the game? What, what do you think is happening right now with how he's playing and how he's been able to do this? Well, Danny, he's he's blazing his own trail. You know, Tiger is has brought the power game in there. Bryson has taken it to an entirely different level. And nobody studies the game more than Bryson DeChambeau statistically trying to figure out you know, what is, how does this work? How am I going to be successful? And you know what, what's so, I, what I love about him is he's so unafraid to, to face the ridicule and the, the, the goofiness of some of the things he's tried. I agree. I yeah. Mean, he started up there. Remember when he was side sallying putting, you know, oh, yeah. but the old Sam Steed, he's looking for ways. He studies the biomechanics of your body. And when, and folks, when you watch him putt, he's doing this, He's he's in this position purposely because he's got his body, his wrists locked into a form that they won't move out of it, and he's determined that that's the most the the, the way for him to be the most consistent while putting. And I look at it, Danny, and I've tried to do it. I mean, I can't I can't hit more than three putts <laughs> in a row. My body, you know, hurts, and it it, it seems so awkward to uh, to me. But uh, I love it the fact that he's. Um, you know, when you think about it, if you're going to hit a drive, let's say he's averaging whatever, 325 yards. If you're a little off, Danny, at, at 125 miles an hour uh, swing speed and a 200 mile an hour ball speed, you may not be able to find this ball. Right. It may go so far off the planet. And, like, I loved what you said earlier where he said, yeah, I'm just going to swing harder. 
Because we were taught, Danny, when you get a little off, you slow down a exactly. little bit. You do this, you work on your rhythm a little bit. He's like, no, nah, I'm just going to ratchet up a little more. I, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, it, and you mentioned about how you're hurting with his putting. Now, the way that he's swinging is it's almost painful to watch. Can can he yeah. can can he continue this with his body? I know you're not a doctor, but as you talk to people, do you think his body holds up with this style that he's he's playing with right now? You know, Danny, when you watch a guy, certain people are freaks, right? Nolan Ryan was just the greatest pitcher of all time, never had arm trouble right. and all this stuff. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, but, but you know what? What Bryson is doing, it just it, it just doesn't look sustainable. And I don't know if it's because it's the first time we've ever seen anything like it. And it's also really easy to throw stones at him because it's so unconventional. But, I mean, so what's the point if he has 10 killer years on tour and then his body breaks down? I mean, we all break down eventually. I mean, look at, you know, look at Tiger. So I don't know, Danny, one of the things, just the, this, the game on tour, the power game that the players play makes me wonder, can their joints take it long-term? Yeah. I mean, we're getting great athletes playing golf right now because of the money. Tigers brought the, the money up to these great levels, but now all of a sudden, because of the power and because of the swing speeds, you have to wonder how much can the human body take? Yeah. And we've seen that with tiger for sure. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, um, it's, it's a, it's a great question. An interesting conversation that nobody knows. Isn't it interesting too, Danny, to watch somebody that works out and does it the right way without using drugs and you look at Bryson DeChambeau's body, he looks like the Incredible Hulk with like a little pinhead on top. His, right. his head looks tiny, doesn't it? Right. It, it looks so disproportionate. And then you saw Barry Bonds, and it looked like somebody, you know, filled Barry's head with helium or something because of all the stuff that he put in his body. It was a little different. Um, the Ascension Charity <laughs> Classic, we'll leave it at that. The Ascension Charity yeah. Classic, um, what's the latest? What are you hearing about that and that event that's uh, coming to St. Louis, hopefully, uh, you know, in the fall? What, what are you hearing about that? You know, working for Ascension to carry uh, the, the story out to our community. And Jack Nicholas is coming to St. Louis on the Thursday before I think Nick Ragone, who is the chief um, marketing communications director at uh, officer at Ascension, told Frank Cusimano on, on uh, a couple weeks ago. So Jack's going to play with Ozzy and Brett Hull, and Tom Watson was scheduled to play. And just unbelievably cool foursome, and Tom tore up his shoulder. So um, Jack's going to be coming on that Thursday. There's going to be uh, some limited spectators. We have a conference call every week. And so far, there's going to be pro-ams for the Champions Tour, and there's going to be spectators. It's going to be it's, uh, in, uh, for our event at the end of September. Great. Now, it all's going to, you know, the um, uh, Sam Page, I think, our, um, our county executive is going to have the final say in there, but we've been, you know, monitoring and, and, and talking to him closely and talking about our protocols. And the tour has just done a great job of staying flexible with the local, you know, with the local health officials, with the CDC, and just trying to, to you know, because this is kind of a moving target. We're all trying to do whatever we can do to play right now. Our commissioner said to us, guys, we have to figure out how to do business right now. And everybody's like, hell yeah, we do. You know, tell us what we need to do. Help us out. Help us try to figure it out. 
and it has meant and will mean so much money going into the communities in North uh, County and uh, and obviously a place that needs it. So that's so important. Now, I want to get one more question in. The 636, are you concerned? This is on our Air Comfort Service text line. Jay, love your show. Love what you're doing here on this show. Are you concerned about these guys hitting it so far that they start to basically get too long for the courses, historic courses, courses that we all love watching the majors being played on? Do we need to do something with the golf ball, the shafts, something in the game to start bringing the distances back down? Uh, Danny, great question. I mean, another topic you and I have talked about before, because where does it end? Yeah. I mean, so the answer to the question is, hell yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about it. I, I think the only way that I can see this kind of having a chance is to back off the golf ball. Somehow or another, have a, a special ball, you know, that, that we play, that the tour players play. I shouldn't say we, I'm not one of them anymore, but that the tour players play and, and, and dial it back because this does take some of these great old venerable courses out of commission. It's, the, the problem with that, Danny, and uh, is is that we're such a litigious society that there are going to be lawsuits all over the place because the manufacturers want to sell what what the tour player plays. There's just no no doubt about it. I just it's it's a it's a the whole thing is a bummer to me. I felt like the USGA and the RNA had real chances years ago to get in front of this, and they just never never dreamed that guys would be able to swing as fast as they have have been and are now and are in such incredible shape. It's just, it, it blew all of their testing away, Danny, because they didn't, pre- the, the USGA and RNA didn't press it far enough because yeah. they didn't think it could happen. And the players just, you know, look at what Bryson's doing. It's, it's a whole different level again. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, awesome stuff. Look forward to your show this weekend on one on one, one oh one, and we will uh, catch up uh, very, very soon. I appreciate your time. Thank you. We got to go play, buddy. I, I'm ready. I'm ready, but I, I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I, I got a little baseball to call. So yeah, man, maybe you in the fall. The we'll go play in the morning. We'll go play in the morning somewhere. You got it. That's Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. Make sure you check out his show. He does a great job. Big guests every single weekend. And again, as you mentioned, uh, Jim Nance is coming up. Air Comfort Service text line. Get more of your text questions in. Rhino Shield mic drop as well. You're listening to Scoops with Danny Mac on a Thursday on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service text line. This is the 314. Danny Mac, you love their pitching. What is their second greatest strength when you talk about Cardinal baseball in 2020? Um, I would have to say their defense. I mean, the Cardinals last year were the first team in the history of baseball to finish last in fielding percentage one year, then finish first the following year. Um, now, Goldschmidt had a big reason as to why that improved. I mean, remember the year before you were trying to get Jose Martinez in the lineup, so he was playing a lot of first base. So there were errors on him, and then I think there were errors that were caused by him, by not necessarily charged against him. I think guys were trying to be perfect at times throwing to him. He wasn't going to pick the ball you know, throws in the dirt, that kind of thing. And and look, this is not an indictment on him. He, he was playing out of position. He was either supposed to be a DH or an outfielder, and he wasn't a great outfielder. Don't get me wrong. 
but he's trying to play first base. They're trying to get his bat in the lineup. They're trying to find any position for him to play. And so they were saying, hey, we're going to try him at first base. It didn't work out. So um, to me, it's their their defense. They are a very good defensive team. Very good, especially when Bader's in center. And you got Wong at second. You got uh, DeYoung at short. If you got an Edmund at third, excellent. Obviously, Yachty behind the plate. Goldschmidt, a gold glover at first base. It's a very, very good uh, defensive team. The question, again, going into the season, and I understand it, will be their offense. Um, Goldschmidt, normal season, historically, whether it's Arizona, St. Louis last year, was a slow starter, but if he gets going, carries a team, middle bat, DeYoung protects him. Pretty good 3-4. That's my guess, by the way. I've been asked about lineups. What do they look like? My guess is DeYoung hits behind Goldschmidt. I would think they start with Wong at the top. That's where I would go. Maybe Edmund bat second. I like that. One, two, three, four. And then after that, maybe mix and match. We'll see as things go along. Uh, Danny Mack from the 573. Watched the uh, streaming game the other night. Saw the pitcher's sitting behind home plate. Do you see that in regular season games? No, I don't. I I think you'll see them in the dugout in the bullpen. Um, But this being a quote-unquote practice, uh, (laughs) I don't think you're going to see pitchers behind home plate. And I definitely don't see uh, pitchers eating dinner like we saw behind home plate the other day. Kind of funny to see it, though. I think he was taking in a little dinner Michaelis may have been doing that, too. Wasn't Michaelis behind there, too? Michaelis Tim? was behind there. I think Hudson was back there, too. Yeah, just kind of hanging out. You know? It made me wonder what they were eating. So I thought it was more of a kind of a fun guessing game. You know, back in the day, um, that's what the next night's starting pitcher used to do. He would go right behind home plate and chart when oh, you were okay. at home. At Bush Stadium, he would chart the pitches. And that's how he would kind of think about the next night's start you know he'd look at the opposing team and chart that's a little scouting make, report yeah he'd make his own scouting report i don't think we're gonna have that and that leads us to the 573 love the show danny mack do you think that uh nba teams would put their players in the stands watching the other teams play no i don't i think they want the facilities to be as empty as they can that would be my guess for health and safety reasons you play your game you get out and as few as people as possible get out of the get out of the building, go that, to your room. And that would make the most sense. Be safe. That would be my guess too, and that would be my guess for the NHL too. Um, now I wonder though if somebody from an opposing team is allowed to go and scout. Now there was a report this morning that there will be no scouts in the seats at MLB games, at least not initially. So, you know, normally you go to a major league game and a scout says, I'm, I'm going to come to the game tonight. They're issued a, a press pass or whatever and sit in the seat or go upstairs and they're, you know, they're allowed to do that per uh, MLB protocol, but not not at least at the onset. But I wonder if, it, if you're like, you know, in the playoffs or something, which they will be, if you get one to go sit way socially distanced or up in the press box that they have a seat and can go watch and see it with their own eyes. I don't know. It's well, kind of interesting. That kind of surprised me with the MLB because you're not going to see all the teams in the National League like you normally would. So the Cardinals, you're not going to see anybody in the NLE, so you can't really scout the Braves. You don't have someone there. You don't have someone out in the NL West. So that kind of surprises me a little bit. But the idea is as few as people as possible. True, true. Um, And I understand what you're saying. 
usually you have an advanced scout go watch that team and they have a report and they say, okay, well, third baseman, you know, is not moving well. Or, hey, I'm watching this guy get pitched in. We're going to pitch him in in that upcoming series, you know. But with TV now, you can kind of scout on television. Hey, everything's unique this year. That's the way I'm looking at it. So. True. Just deal with it. All right, cross it over. Ribs BK, that's coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's newest store. Number 41 in Eureka is now open. Ribs and BK, they're coming up next on 101 ESPN. Again, a reminder, the streaming uh, inter-squad game tonight, Kim against Wainwright. You can see that in cardinals.com roughly around 6.55. So hope you uh, are able to join us. BK, what do you have coming up on the program today it should be a good another good one dan we've got joey vitale coming up at noon we've got dr jason newland of washington university coming up at one o'clock i want to ask him about the testing and what he thinks about what's going on right now and how likely it is we're not just able to start these sports but finish them and then the headliner blues coach craig Bruby going to join us coming awesome. up at 1 30 really interested in and uh hearing how things are going with him and how the guys are handling this. I mean, Jamie, you're around it. You you talk to the guys. I know that for sure. You're you're at Centene. You're you're having alumni skates, those kind of things, having fun with those guys. What what do you, what do you, what's your prevailing thought? Well, look, just in general. In general, I think that the guys are probably uh, the players are excited. Of course, they're they're excited, but they're nervous, and not nervous for the reasons you think about you know COVID and all this stuff. Yeah, that's that's definitely out there. But they're excited and nervous about the whole thing, you know, leaving to a hub city, something different. It's something that nobody has experienced before doing it this way. And they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They do feel a certain amount of pressure, especially since they had a good season. And now Vladdy's back. Like the expectations are honestly pretty high for this Blues Hockey Club, no matter what format you're looking at. So, yeah, the guys are excited. They're a little nervous, but You know, you always do something great when you're nervous, and I just think that the Blues are going to have a fantastic run. Looking forward to it. Ribs BK coming up. That's at 11 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.